Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe. It's Uncle Jim here, and we're going to do something a little different with this episode. Now, this episode was originally recorded on July 22nd. It was a really fun interview that we did with Jeremy Roberts, who played Dimitri Beltane in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, and reprised that role on Star Trek Voyager. And we're also visited with Andy Bray with a Checking In with Chekhov episode where he visits the Klingon homeworld. So I thought it might be fun to revisit this episode. And so please sit back and enjoy this previously recorded show from Thursday, July 22nd. Blog Talk Radio. Kingway sucks, beard look is acting very weird. Captain Pike, Cisco's wife, Klingons, and the afterlife. Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very harsh. Four drive, black alert, Giorgio has gone berserk. Teacher, bad left, Edward is an idiot. Fuck is dead, Wolf is wet, Chekhov's wearing red. Seed is cat, Kim packs that, Q is sad enough of that. Beam me up, make it so, everybody, let's go. We are well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe. With that theme song, it's time for another awesomely exciting episode of Trek Talking. I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, and with me as usual are my Trek experts. We'll start out with Eric. Eric's out in Portland. How are you doing tonight, Eric? I am doing great. It is yet another beautiful day here in Portland, probably about 80 degrees and sunny, a little bit breezy, uh, jasmine in my mind. I'm having a really good day, guys. That sounds perfect. And we also have with us, as usual, Charles. He's out in Las Vegas. How are you doing tonight, Charles? I'm doing good. We're about 91 today so far. Uh and in the middle of monsoon season. Everything wow. is missing the center of town, but the southern part of town, the northern part of town, they've seen flooding, they've seen hail, they've seen winds uh, 50 miles an hour. So and weird. We're getting so a lot of monsoon coming through. Wow. And we're perfect and temperate up here in, in Vermont. It's about 77 degrees. It's beautiful, nice breeze blowing. It's going to be a nice weekend to be up at camp. So, guys, we have got a great, great show planned for you guys. We've been working on this show now for a couple of weeks, and uh, it's finally here. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that this is the show right now live where you, our listeners, can call in 646 646- Six six eight two four three three, and you can win a copy of Star Trek Discovery Season Three on DVD. I got the box today in the mail uh, from Paramount, and they're sitting right on my table. And I would just absolutely love to give one to you, but you have to call six four six 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 eight two four three three in order to win it. And I'm going to make it. I'm going to sweeten the pot a little bit because. If you call 646-668-2433, 
Not only can you talk to myself and my awesome co-host, but we have an extra treat. We have with us right now, live on the phone, tonight, Jeremy Roberts, who plays Mr. Dimitri Valpain in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, and the 25th Star Trek anniversary episode of Voyager, Flashback. He's with us right now. How you doing tonight, Jeremy? Hey, pleasure. Excellent. I'm doing good. Yes, it's, it's about be uh, 71 degrees in Ventura, California, and the wind is blowing out of the west. And uh, I'm sitting at the beach. It's a beautiful day here. <laughs> wow. I can't say what it was like there, so. <laughs> so, guys, you, you, thank you. Have your questions ready, ready for Jeremy. Give us a call. You can talk to Jeremy, and you can add Star Trek Discovery Season 3 to your DVD collection. Now, I am obligated to read this to you guys. Star Trek Season 3 Discovery is coming to Blue Well, it's already on Blu-ray and DVD. And limited edition Steelbook, the must-have collection, features all 13 episodes and also includes over two hours of special features, including deleted scenes, behind-the-scenes featurettes, cast interviews, and a gag reel. Own Star Trek Discovery Season 3 on Blu-ray and DVD now from CBS and Paramount Home Entertainment. Call 646-668-2433 right now and win a copy for yourself. You can add it to your collection. I do want to say um, I'm going to give people a chance to call, so I'm kind of moving along a little bit here. I do want to say that there is a featurette on um, on uh, Kenneth Mitchell, who has been, what, four characters now on Star Trek mm-hmm. Discovery. There is an incredibly awesome, uh, very touching, very moving uh, a documentary on, on here about him and how he's dealing with his ALS and how they wrote the character of Aurelio for him in season three in the wheelchair. And the, I have that posted on our Facebook page, Trek Talking and Beyond. And you've got to, you have got to watch that. You've got to go and check that out. And just winning the DVD just for that interview, I think, alone would be worth it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Here we go. It's live, baby. It's live. <laughs> you better have, you, oh, my God. Come on. What is this? Go. How'd you get in here? Um, so you guys can give a call, and you can, you can talk to Jeremy Roberts, and you can win a copy of Star Trek Discovery Season 3. I mean, how much better than that does it get? Really? Really? Pretty good. So Pretty darn good. I, I do... It is really good, and I do want to say I have here for you guys, just to just to wet your whistles a little bit, I have one of the deleted scenes that, that you'll be watching, by the way, on the DVD once you call and win it. And this is a deleted scene from uh, the episode Terra Firma Part 1. And this is one of the many deleted scenes that you'll be able to watch in person once you call 646-668-2433 and win a copy of the DVD. And here it is, the deleted scene from Terra Firma, Part 1. What is that? Danis 5, an uninhabited M-class planet. Every time we queried the sphere data for a treatment, no matter how we entered it, it gave us the same result. What's there? I have no idea. 
but according to the computer's metadata analysis of probabilities, Giorgio has a 5% chance of survival if we take her there. Zero if we don't. Well, if there's a chance at all, we have to take it. You? I don't know how this is going to work. I keep telling her to trust me, trust me, we're going to fix this, but... Even here, there are mysteries in the universe yet to be solved. You're fighting for her with everything you've got. And I thank you. And she knows. You need to get her to wear this. The bioscanner, it'll monitor her condition, alert her when an attack is coming. It'll also let her know when she's dying. When the last bar goes red. All right, there's some good stuff there for you guys. You want to call 646-668-2433, and you can actually watch that when your DVD comes in the mail. All right, so I've got everything out of the way. We introduced everybody. Let's dive right into the show. So you guys, we are global, and you can visit us on our Facebook page at Truck Talking and Beyond. And uh, currently, as of as of showtime, we have 57,909 followers, which is incredible. Thank you so much. And Eric, where do some of our followers come from? Oh, my gosh, Jim. You know, they come from all over the globe. And, in fact, uh, in our run for number one international listening countries, we actually have a little bit of a heat going on right now. Still in our number one spot, we have the U.K. with 6.64% of our listeners, which is up a full tenth from last week. But Canada, in that number two spot, you know, they disappeared for a little while, and then they started coming back. They are all the way up to a solid 6.00% of our list, so less than one percentage away from the top spot with the U.K. And as we all know, the U.K. has been there for six months or more. Uh, It's been a while. So thank you to everyone, both in the U.K. and in Canada, for claiming those top two spots for international listeners for our show. It really, really makes a difference to us. Um, Just really appreciate it. But not to be outdone in that number three international spot, we have Australia with 4.32% of our listeners. Ireland still has 1.85% of our listeners. And Norway, uh, our Scandinavian brothers and sisters, they still have 1.69% of our listeners. So that's a solid uh, 27, 28% of our listeners coming from overseas. And uh, whether you're here in the United States or abroad, we seriously appreciate every single one of our listeners. We wouldn't do it without you, you know, because uh, then it would just be us sitting here talking to each other, and that'd be kind of boring. It's much more fun to have you along for the ride. Yeah, who wants to hear that? We're just a bunch of talking heads, right? We want That's some true. involvement. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so not only that, not only do we break it down by country, but we break it down by city. So, Charles, how are our top cities looking this week? I noticed a little bit of change. Well, <clears throat> Indianapolis actually dropped the spot from 33rd down to 32nd. Portland stayed the same at 23rd. Come on, Portland, you can do it. Las Vegas was 6th, now it's 18th. So we've got to get our listenership going there. And then we've still got a battle in the top 10. San Pablo, Brazil is still 10th. San Antonio, Texas is still 9th. But last week, eight, now seven. 
Chicago kicked Brisbane. Queens and Australia back to eight. Chicago dropped, uh, moved down to seven. And the rest of this stays the same. Toronto went to six. Los Angeles, California, home of Andy Gray. Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. London, UK, and New York, New York. New York City? <laughs> what? And uh, you guys, as I said earlier, you can visit us on our Facebook page, Truck Talking and Beyond. You'll see the Live Long and Prosper at the top. Just drop a line and uh, tell us where you're listening from. And every week we pick 15 lucky fans. If you see a heart next to your name from Trek Talking, that means yours truly, Uncle Jim, has picked you, and your name is going to be called off on the next podcast. So, Eric, why don't you get us started with our fan shout-outs? Well, we're getting started this week with one of those folks down under. Claire Akers is our number one listener this week. So thank you, Claire, very much for listening to us from the other side of the planet. That's so cool. I love it. I've never been to Victoria, but it sounds very nice. Uh, We're all saying hello and sending out a big thank you to Kathleen Cunningham from Enniscorthy County in Wexford, Ireland. That's right. One of those Irish listeners, Kathleen Cunningham, thank you for listening to us. Top fan Clint Jackson, we're sending out a big hello to you. Top fan means you interact with us a lot on our Facebook page. You are in the UK in Manchester, live in Tenbury Wells, he says. So hello to Clint Jackson, and thank you very much for listening to us. We're also sending out a big hello and a big shout-out to Michelle Jackson from Sydney, Australia. And also, finally on my list, top fan Kumar Ramakrishna from Singapore. Not our first listener from Singapore, but we don't get many of you. So thank you, Kumar, for listening to us and for representing that part of the world. Charles, who's on your list this week? Well, let's start off with Barbara May in South Jersey. Ken Hatfield in Belleville, New Jersey. Top fan Harry Brown hails from the UK. Sterling Karan hails from Victoria Island, Canada. I love your island. I love your island so much. It's beautiful. And Gina Diaz from Romania. Romania. Yeah, how about your list? Yeah, so on uh, my list, I'd like to say uh, hello, thank you, and kabla to top fan, Mike Smith from Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, Canada. We'd also like to say hello and live long and prosper to Dallas Billingsley from Noblesville, Indiana. We'd also like to say live long and prosper, and thank you to John Palmer from Sydney, Australia. Good day, mate. That's an, I, wonder, I wonder if he's the guy. You think he's he could the be guy? the guy? He could be the. He dude. could be the. He could be that guy. Yeah. And if, if you're listening, guy, you know who you are. <laughs> we, we talk about we, you. We talk about you every week, so you're the guy. Who's I would called? also like to say thank you to Diane Tutton from Alabama, and last but not least, Sherry Moon Saints from the Philippines. Thank you to each and everybody for listening to us. We really appreciate it. We would never dream of doing the show without you guys. Uh, I just want to let you all know that 646-668-2433 is our number. We are live. If you'd like to call, you can win a copy of Star Trek Discovery Season 3 on DVD and have your questions ready for Jeremy Roberts. He's waiting patiently, chomping at the bit 
to talk to you guys. So give us a call at 646-668-2433. He doesn't want to talk to me, Charles and Eric. All night. He wants to talk to you. So please give us a call, pick up a season three on DVD, and talk to Jeremy Roberts. Okay, guys, it's time for our Star Trek birthdays. That was not a Klingon song. No, it wasn't, but we like it anyways, War. We always start off our Star Trek birthdays remembering those members of our Star Trek family who, sadly enough, are no longer with us. And for that, we turn to Eric. Yeah, I have kind of a short list this week uh, of people who would have had birthdays. Were they still with us? Our number one uh, piece of love this week goes out to actress Nan Martin, who played the character of Victoria Miller on the TNG episode Haven. Um, so very excellent role. She she's the uh, she's the one that had uh, Deanna Troy uh, had betrothed Deanna Troy in that episode. You might remember she had kind of a fancy purple hat uh, that she wore. So great job in that role. Happy birthday and uh, remembrances going out to Nan Martin. We're also saying happy birthday and sending out our love to Philip Pine, who played the character Colonel Green in the TOS episode The Savage Curtain. Philip Green. Uh, one of those uh, actors whose face you would absolutely recognize. Uh, I think he was in a lot of other kind of cop shows and that sort of stuff uh, from that time period. Uh, and Savage Curtain's great TOS episode. So happy birthday to Philip Pine. Also sending out a happy birthday and our love to Carlene Berry, uh, who played uh, a Metron in the TOS episode Arena, one of Jim's favorites. And, of course, the Metrons being a very recognizable race of omnipotent beings. Um, as played by uh, Caroline Berry. So happy birthday. And uh, also uh, our last remembrance this week going out to Felix Locher, uh, who played Robert Johnson in the TOS episode, The Deadly Years. So uh, happy birthday to everyone who has gone before us from our Star Trek family. Uh, we miss you. And now on to the birthdays of the folks who are still with us, starring Charles. Well, let's start off with Margaret Rose, who played Aline, or Ellen, in the TNG episode Inner Light. R.J. Williams played Ian Andrew Troy in TNG's episode The Child. And then I'm not sure how these birthdays work out, but we're going to start off with Camelia Savolo. Hard to pronounce that. I think it's Saviola. Yeah, Camille Saviola. Yeah, I think you're right. And then on top, and then right next is Lewis Fletcher, who played Kai Wynn. Oh, so I have two ties together. And I have to tell you that Louise Fletcher is one of my absolute favorite villains of all time in Star Trek. She, every episode she's in, I hate her guts. And that just tells me what a great job she is doing in that that character. (laughs) Absolutely. But, but wait, there's more, Charles. You actually have an actual birthday. Eric wanted to help. Eric wanted to help me with this one. And I already knew the the pronunciation of this one. Woohoo. We have Paul Stamets. 
But this isn't the Paul Samus character. Apologists that the character Paul Samus was created on. In fact, we learned about this character on the first episode of After Trek, where we found out that Paul Samus, the character, was based on a real scientist who does study mushrooms. Yeah, I thought that... I thought that was a cool birthday. And all the behind-the-scenes theories. I I usually don't like to. I just I just thought that was such a great birthday, um, and a lot of people don't realize that the mushroom guy is a real guy. And I just thought let's 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 do a birthday, even though it's not actually a Star Trek birthday. You know what? It's my show, so I can do what I want. So happy birthday to Paul Stamets, the real yep. Paul Stamets. I, I want him there. I want him there. He was a. He, he was a basis for a great character. Yeah, I, and, I, like, you know, I like Paul. In, in true Star Trek fashion, he opened a lot of us up to an entirely new branch of science that we had never even been introduced to. I mean, who thought about mushrooms, you know, as a possible thing that would ever show up in Star Trek? And here he is uh, now a staple. So totally awesome. Yeah. So listen, guys, I want to say this one more time. We're a few birthdays away from the awesome Jeremy Roberts coming on to answer your questions and talk with us. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433. You want to give us a call, have your questions ready, and pick up a copy of Star Trek Discovery Season 3 on DVD. Right now, you only got a few more minutes. We've got a couple of more birthdays, and we're going to dive right in head first. So please give us a call, 646-668-2433. Talk to Jeremy Roberts and win a copy of Star Trek Discovery Season 3. All right. So here's my birthdays. We'd like to say happy birthday to Lee Ehrenberg. Now, this is an interesting one because he played Damon Prack in the TNG episode Force of Nature. He also played Ambassador Grawl in the Enterprise episode Babel 1 and the United. You guys might remember he was the annoying Tellarite that um, – Got in the big fight, and uh, uh, Archer told him off. That that was him. That was Absolutely. him. Absolutely. It it's just funny that you, said, that you said the annoying Tellarite, because they're all annoying. Well, they're all annoying. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. You have a point. They're all annoying. Um, uh, but he also played another character by the same name. He play, also played another character named Rawl on DS9 on the episode The Nagus. But... I think most people would know him from his other role, his movie role from Pirates of the Caribbean, where he played Pinto. He's the short little dude that's in all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. That's Lee Ehrenberg. So happy birthday to Lee Ehrenberg. We'd also like to say happy birthday to Rosa Salazar. And we all know and love her because she's the one that said Edward was an idiot. That's right. She played Captain uh, Lynn Lucero in the Short Treks episode, Trouble with Edwards. Great episode. She was, she was Captain Pike's science officer on the Enterprise. When she took promotion to captain, that opened up the science officer spot. And who took over that spot? I wonder. Interesting. Yeah, it was a Vulcan, some guy we might know. Anyways, happy birthday to Rosa Salazar. Uh, we'd also like to say happy birthday to Ike Eisenman. Now you're thinking, who is he? If you grew up in the 70s, 
and you went to ever went to the movies and you saw Escape from Witch Mountain, Return to Witch Mountain, um, that darn cat. Ike was a child actor back then who starred in all the Disney movies, and you would definitely recognize him. But the one role that every Star Trek fan knows him as is Peter Preston from Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. He played Scotty's nephew. And he's the one that Scotty brings down to the sick bay and lays down on the bed, and Dr. McCoy can't save him. And he reaches up and he grabs Kirk's jacket and he says, Is the word given? And Kirk says, The word is given. And then he dies. That's uh-huh. it. Um, there was an excellent deleted scene, which is available on the director's cut, when, when Captain Kirk goes in the engine room and, and Peter Preston says, Well, he's as blind as a Tiberian bat. If you can't see, this is the best engine room in the fleet. And um, that was not available until recently when they released a director's cut. So check that out. Um, we'd also like to say happy birthday uh, to Raven Dadu, who plays Dr. Tracy Pollard on Star Trek Discovery. And I think it's great that we see more than one doctor. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, actually, I've been wa- I rewatched all of Discovery up to episode four and season three right now. And there's quite a few doctors uh, on there, wandering around, you see in the background, which I think is great. So happy it birthday, kind of a, Raven! It's kind of an interesting, different dynamic from what we've seen in the past, right? We we're always used to just seeing the CMO, but in Discovery, we see lots and lots of different doctors, and we're—I'm not even sure that we know who the CMO is, do we? Because it's not uh, Colbert to start with. It is, yeah, it is Colbert. He's got three is it Colbert to start with? His, yeah, oh, he's yeah. got three pips. He's got three pips, so he's—he's he's the man. And, um, yeah, so I've got two more birthdays to go over, guys. Our number here is 646-668-2433. Got some questions for Jeremy Roberts about Star Trek. Maybe you want to win a copy of Discovery Season 3. Give us a call. It's not too far off. I also want to say happy birthday to Jamie McShane. Jamie McShane played Zaban in Star Trek Picard. Uh, excellent Romulan character. He's from the north. And how do we know he's from the north, Eric? Because he's got the forehead. He's got the northern forehead. That's right. He's got the northern, I guess, uh, the eyebrow ridges are northern Romulans. So who knew? Which I, by the way, love it. Love that they added that. Um, Totally fits in with canon. Yep, it's pretty cool. All right, guys, my final birthday goes out to the man himself, well, one of the men himself, not actually the man, but uh, one of the men. And uh, a lot of, you know, I want to play. I, we fool around at the beginning of the show. Every, before every podcast we come on, we get to chat a little bit before we go live. And I always play this clip, and I'm going to play it for you guys right now, and you can guess whose birthday it is. I shall leave you as you left me, as you left her. My room for all eternity in the center of a dead planet. Buried alive. Buried alive. Okay, it's not William Shatner's birthday. And we (laughs) didn't remember Ricardo Maltobon because he's no longer with us. So that leaves one person who played Khan, actually John Harris, but uh, he has been in so many other things that I, I, 
uh, currently he's playing Doctor Strange in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, he's been Sherlock Holmes. I mean, what hasn't he been? He was the voice of the dragon in Lord of the Rings. I mean, this guy has been everywhere. But tonight we're saying happy birthday and we're remembering ben, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch for playing Khan in Star Trek Into Darkness. And that, my friends, wraps up all of our birthdays, all of our fan shout-outs, all of our cities. And that means it's time for our main event. And just to get you guys ready for our main event, if you don't remember Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. What are you doing listening to this show, for God's sakes? No, anyways, we reviewed Star Trek VI a couple, was it two weeks ago, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was two weeks ago. And it was right at the top of everybody's favorite Star Trek movie. Um, it, it was right up there, like 9.4, 9.5 on a scale of 10. It was way up there. So it's great to have Jeremy with us because he can share some stories about working on Star Trek VI. But in case you guys don't remember, I just want to wet your whistle and get your memory jog a little bit. Um, here is the teaser trailer for Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. For one quarter of a century, they have thrilled us with their adventures, amazed us with their discoveries, and inspired us with their courage. Their ship has journeyed beyond imagination. Her name has become legend. Her crew, the finest ever assembled. We have traveled beside them from one corner of the galaxy to the other. They have been our guides, our protectors, and our friends. Now you are invited to join them for one last adventure. For at the end of history lies the undiscovered country. Trek 6, The Undiscovered Country. That is one of my all-time favorite trailers for any Star Trek movie. If you guys don't remember, that's the one where the Enterprise flies over your head. And it's the, actually the end of Star Trek, the motion picture. And they superimpose pictures of all the history, the 25 years of Star Trek, on the hull of the Enterprise as it flies over your head. It's an incredible incredible trailer but the reason why we're playing it for you tonight is the one the only jeremy roberts was in star trek 6 the undiscovered country he's with us here tonight how you doing jeremy hello 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 how are you guys doing are you uh enjoying the show so far i'm i'm actually i'm flummoxed i'm i'm amazed i'm sitting here with my my jaw i maybe I should be calling and asking you questions. I, I'm phenomenally shocked that you know so much stuff. How do you know? Have you seen all of them so many times that you can actually remember the lines? I mean, because it's well, it, you're like professors. Well, that's that's why we do a podcast. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of wow. fun. Oh, I got chills oh. hearing that though. Again, yeah, you know, that was I, I don't know why. But then didn't they say something that was incorrect in there that this is the last adventure? 
Well, uh, yeah. Obviously, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, technically, I, yeah. Yeah, they, they planned it that way, but I don't think it'll ever be the end. So, listen, guys, no. the, the time we've been waiting for is upon us. Call right now, 646-668-2433. Jeremy Roberts is here to take your questions. My hands are sweaty with these DVDs. I just, I just got to give them away, and I want to give one to you. So right now I've got five copies. The first five callers right now will get a copy of Star Trek Discovery Season 3 on DVD, and you get the pleasure of talking to Jeremy Roberts. Now, I'm not going to spoil anything for you guys, so um, I want to talk a little bit to Jeremy about working on the X-Files. We're going to save Star Trek for a little bit later on in case one of you guys wants to call and ask about Star Trek. So, so Jeremy, what, what, could, you, could you talk a little bit about working on the X-Files? Um, you worked on an episode called Aquamala, and that was an episode yeah. where there's a flood in Florida, and there's a, a missing scientist, and there's a sea monster that's, that's coming up through the, through the toilets and through the sinks and, and killing people. And as it turns out, it's a saltwater monster, and it can't live in fresh water, and Mulder and Scully find this out. They save the day. But you were in that episode. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like working on the X-Files? Well, I, I hate to admit it, but at that time, I, I, I kind of thought it was incredible that I was going to get on it. I could not believe that I'm going to be on X-Files, um, a bad guy as usual. But I didn't mind because I'm going to get to do the X-Files. But then I think I read it, and I'm thinking, I mean, who could write all that anyway? It's amazing. You have to be that good. But I was thinking, uh, snake in the pipes? Come on. You know, give me an alien. Give me, I, want, I want to be in space or something. It's a snake in the pipes. How am I going to make this work? Uh, but I guess I was, you know, the guy was insane anyway, a little, little Howard Hughes-ish without the money, stuck in his room. And so, But it was a blast, as usual. Nothing like yeah, yeah. a snake. <laughs> You, you, yeah, you made it work, though, until uh, the snake <laughs> turned on you and killed you. <laughs> As it always is. <laughs> As it always does. does. I get on a show. I got eight days to say hello. Oh, you're the bad guy. Oh, he's getting into his role. That's why we don't talk to him. And then he's <laughs> strung up by a snake, and then it's over. Goodbye. <laughs> and it's over. <laughs> wow. Well, well I you want to play at least you were on the X-Files. Oh, I was. And that, that's kind of the way I looked at my whole career from then on. It was just like, I just want to be in, in every, everything. If you could just be a guest. When I started from the beginning, it was, I didn't, you know, being a famous star, that didn't seem to get into my mind. It was, I wanted to just be a, a guest star. Just let me work. Just give me a job. I don't have to be in the front because, you know, people look at you all the time if you're the lead. <laughs> that's right the bad guy that, yeah they don't really they say oh they love him because you're bad and then he dies and they love that and then you move on so I was cool well, I, I, all I wanted to do was be the Lon Chaney you know the Lon 80s, 90s. well you also were on another show that I grew up watching a lot of and that was Sliders and uh, you, yeah. you played another bad guy I, I'm seeing a, a pattern develop here uh, you played Warden Beck in the episode California Rake. 
What was that all about? Can you talk about working on sliders? Was it just like the X-Files? You showed up, they killed you, and that was it? Uh, slightly different in that I realize, you know, it's just TV and all, but, you know, my wife is Jewish, and the whole episode, I think, was about it didn't really happen, the Holocaust, and now we have these Nazis in charge, and it felt creepy. Uh-huh. Uh, similar to uh, when I didn't, uh, I turned down Con Air because he had a rape scene that I just couldn't get my stuff. I had friends that did those scenes and they get messed up because they have to be so real and uh, creepy. So I turned it down. I'll think about Con Air so I turned it down. Uh, Danny uh, Trejo accepted it and then they cut the part out, I mean the uh, rape scene, and I'm like, oh man, but it just stuck it out. They were going to put it in anyway. But, uh, but no, I get used to playing the, the bad guy and you try to make some sort of humanity in him. I, you never know. And I, I have a hard time watching myself. Maybe I've gotten better as I got older. But when I was younger, I didn't want to ever see. Everybody could sit there and watch the dailies or they could, oh, see what I did right or wrong. And they had no problem. But I would look at it and just think, gosh, <laughs> how did they hire me? I stink. I mean, I think it's so much better. So, but then they keep hiring you, so you got to say, I don't really have an objective view of myself, so just go with it. But anyway, what was the question? <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I had another, I had a, there's another TV show that I, I have to throw in here in honor of uh, my co-host, Leslie Hoffman, and that is that you were on a television show called Freddy's Nightmares. And uh, you played one of the kidnappers, yeah. another bad guy, in an episode Deadline. And could you talk a little bit about that for us? Uh, let's see, Freddie. Well, Freddie's nightmare. I remember I, I cut a guy's tattoo off, if I'm, if I'm correct, I, which obviously was fun. But it was mainly <laughs> that I got to meet the uh, – I got to meet uh, Robert England. It was just in slightly in passing and at lunch kind of thing. And, and we would meet up again in, uh, in Romania when you mentioned the uh, birthday, I think. In Romania, we did a, a windfall a movie and became a good friend. And because I was interested in, because Freddie's got a lifetime of uh, playing these kind of freaks and murderers and and he could see that I was telling him that my career was kind of going that way because I was reading for the Chainsaw Massacre things and I wasn't big enough or whatever. <laughs> but uh, we became friends and it was, uh, what that do with? Oh, well, because, right, when I did it, I did this episode, Wes Craven did uh, Freddy's Nightmare. He did a lot of the writing of the characters. Um, he actually, when I read for people under the stairs, he remembered in the audition, he said later, that I had done a Freddy's. And he just enjoyed my glee in cutting off somebody's tattoo that I seemed perfect for the next, for his, that movie. <laughs> so he hired me for people under the stairs. But in that one, I, I, got my, I didn't do anything bad to anybody, but I get my hand eaten off by dogs under the stairs. And another fit ending. Oh boy So listen guys Our phone number here is 646-668-2433 And I notice we've got some callers on the line So I'm going to 
start answering some phone calls. Have your questions ready for Jeremy, and we're going to start off with with this lucky caller here. If I can get the phone to connect, there we go. Hello, thank you for calling Trek Talking. What's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? I'm talking. All right, so to... it sounds like you're talking to me. It's Nate from Vegas. It's Nate from Vegas. How you doing, Nate? I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing today? Hey, we're doing pretty good. We're we're talking with Jeremy Roberts from Star Trek Six, oh. the Undiscovered Country, and the Voyager flashback, Sliders, X Files. He's been in all kinds of things. Did you uh would you like to win a copy of Star Trek Discovery season three on D V D? Sure. I'll 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 take another one. I'm just I'm just getting all the winning. <laughs> yeah, you're the lucky caller, so uh, listen, I just want you to go to our Facebook page and shoot me your address and uh, in our in a, just IM me on our Facebook page, Chuck Talking and Beyond, with your address, and I will get that in the mail to you. Absolutely. Thank you. And did you have a question right, for Jeremy? I do have a question. So um, you, sir, played in Star Trek VI and then, of course, reprised your uh, your character in an episode of Voyager. Uh, what Were you surprised uh, to get the call to do that episode and reprise the character? Oh, yeah. Yeah, anytime you get a job, you're, you're amazed. But, but when they, uh, your agent calls and says, you, you ready for this? You remember Star Trek Stick? It seems they've written you into an episode of uh, Voyager. I have been trying to get into it, but uh, yeah, that was uh, thrilling. I couldn't believe it. And of course, your mind immediately says, well, from here, if I'm the science officer for Sulu, hmm, I might be in a series. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, doesn't always work the way you want. Yeah, that's, I, think, uh, I think they were hoping for a, a Captain Sulu series uh, all this time. All of us fans have been. So, yeah, that would have been pretty cool. I just saw him. That would have been great. I was, I was watching Twilight Zone, and I, I caught this episode in the beginning, and I said, oh, there he is. He was in this episode with this other uh, famous character actor. They're stuck in an attic. He's obviously Asian, and this guy is an ex-World War II veteran who's got problems. And uh, I was, God, he's such a good actor. I didn't get the chance to see that. He was really, really good. He ended up throwing himself out the window, killing himself. But does anybody remember that, Twilight Zone? Yeah, he played in an episode called The Encounter. It was uh, from the original series, season five. Yeah, right. I do remember that. Oh, he's so good. So good. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Nate, congratulations. You got yourself a copy of Star Trek Discovery Season 3 on DVD. Get me your information, and I'll get that in the mail to you. And if you're listening right now and you'd like to win a copy and you'd like to talk to Jeremy Roberts, give us a call right now, 646-668-2433. And we have another caller on the line. Let's see if I can if I can get this one to connect. <laughs> Good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talk. And what's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? This is Shannon. I'm calling from Kentucky. Shannon from Kentucky. How you doing tonight, Shannon? Good. How you guys doing? We're doing pretty good. We can't complain. We're having fun tonight, as usual. Mm-hmm. So, yes. hey, 
So congratulations. Uh, you won a copy of Star Trek Discovery Season 3 on DVD, which is awesome. Awesome, yes. And, uh, Pamela, Jim, I've got my wife calling now. You know, can oh. you call in? And it's all I got. I got a VHS. It's all I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I almost didn't call because of that, but I'm like, oh, it would still be cool. <laughs> so uh, just get me your address, Shannon, and I will get that in the mail to you. And uh, we okay. have Jeremy Roberts with us live on the on the line with us. Would you like to ask Jeremy a question? Yes, it is actually about CSI versus Star Trek. Oh, boo, we no, go, next, next, no, no. <laughs> oh, stop it. Can't be having any of that, no. It's also a nerd show because of science on it. Stop it. It's a um, okay. No, but he's always, I would say, because every time I've seen him stop other it. than Star Trek, he's the bad guy. So well, does he like yeah, that yeah. or does he like not being the bad guy? <laughs> Good question. Well, it's oddly, oh, it's kind of oddly fun. Uh, yeah. I mean, how many times do you get to do the things I get to do? And, I mean, if it's not in makeup and these huge devil, whatever faces, but my, okay, like my, uh, my daughter, she mm-hmm. wasn't able to go on the set for quite a while because she'd say, oh, daddy's working. What are you, you going to do? Uh, can I get on the set today? And I, and I, and I think, well, let's see, I'm, I'm shooting a family of four. No, not today. <laughs> So I couldn't ever get on the set with her. The first time she ever got on the set was on uh, Herbie Fully Loaded, where I just played a, you know, overweight toupee wearing Crazy Dave uh, car salesman. So I wasn't bad at all. So she got to meet Lindsay Lohan, and of course, you know, the biggest actors the greatest thing in the world for the daughter. But um, no, I, I, I really enjoy them. I kind of get a, a thrill. I mean, how many people get to be put into a complete Beelzebub like devil costume with six foot span or 12 foot span wings <laughs> that wow. are manipulated with people up 40 feet in the air as you battle Hercules? Come on! Wow. <laughs> awesome. Oh, 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 and, and that, just when I remember that, it was in, in New Zealand, in Hercules. My, my daughter was there, she was two, and she'd come on the set because, you know. That's anyway. She won't know anything that's going on, and I was up in these rafters with the the, the, the um, trusses around her body, and we're fighting, and, and and it's just a battle scene with Hercules. And then they all of a sudden, this little voice from down below, you see it here, go, "Daddy," <laughs> and the place <laughs> and the place breaks up in laughter. The, the little girl, she recognized her father. In this red Beelzebub horns coming out of his head, that's my dad. Yeah. So it's like, oh, this is good. Of course, my mother always said, you know, and even this happens in Deep Space Nine. They notice the makeup person is saying, your voice is, I mean, you fit and it looks mean and evil, but mm-hmm. your eyes are, they're so sweet. Aww. Fine eyes. It doesn't work good with a serial killer. Yeah. No, no, probably not. <laughs> but yes, I did enjoy it. I kind of got off. That's a problem with these these things, the interviews. I just kind of forget and go off, and then what? what are we about? No, that's okay. You answered the question. You're fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, let's see. We have another caller on the line here. If you guys would like to talk to Jeremy Roberts and win a copy of Star Trek Discovery season three on DVD. Give us a call right now, 
888-212-2433, and you'll get a copy of Star Trek Discovery Season 3. And as an added bonus, you can talk to Jeremy Roberts live right now. And let me see if I can get this phone line to answer. It's a very Russian thing. Good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talk. And what's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Hello? Pavel Chekhov, you're trying to get a hold of? Uh, yes. Yes, I'm trying to get a hold of Pavel Chekhov. We're checking in with Chekhov tonight. Oh, absolutely. I'm ready to check in with you. I hear you got another Ruski on board. Sulu's Russian guy. That's right. Sulu's guy. There were a few of those guys on there. How come you didn't do the voice? Too good to do the voice. Everybody (laughs) wants to hear the Russian voice. That's right. It was something I used. It was long ago I had to, to... to leave the accent so that I could go to Hollywood and, you know, play other parts. Uh, there you go. Nostrovia. There you go. It's miserable <laughs> Russian is what I just did. <laughs> oh, I don't mind. It was, it was the attempt that matters. It, it warmed my Russian heart. Cockles <laughs> <laughs> of your heart. That's right. <laughs> oh, boy. So, so Jeremy, um, before I, I turn you loose on my co-host, I have, I've got one more question I want to ask you. You also were on Deep Space Nine, and uh, you played a Jem Hadar. And would you talk a little bit about right. what it was like to step into that character and put all of that makeup on um, to become that character? Uh, well, the makeup and all, had gotten kind of used to it a little in the I'd been, I'd done it before. It sounds like I got a cold in my nose. Anyway, but uh, the four or five hours of the makeup, just you got used to it, you know, except the first time when they, they give you one little air hole. That you, it's okay, you can breathe out of this, and it's less than a, a straw. Yeah, I feel better. <clears throat> it's phosphorophobic <laughs> and hideous, but you know it'll come off, and what'll come out is some amazing face and all, but the problem with that deep space. Oh yes, my uh, the deep space nine was that it was uh, oh it was like nineties in Los Angeles and uh, in these costumes it was miserable for everybody. But I wasn't feeling well. But you don't ever say I I can't do something because <laughs> they might take me out of the show. But I did a day or two. We did a few shots there, but there wasn't any speaking. I had I had no lines yet. And then the third day, I think, I came in. I had been sick that night. I came in. I, I told the makeup person that it's a possibility I might have to, you know, throw up if, it, if I'm not ill. And uh, they, they arranged the costume accordingly so that it could be zipped out the back and quickly removed if I had to expel Jemadar white powder or whatever I was going to throw up. <laughs> um, uh, and, and and it happened. I had I, I gave them the sign, and they said, <laughs> and they came over, patted off me, and I I ran and hailed it, and then I had a very bad flu that they couldn't put me legally back into it, insurance wise. So my stand-in, this great, I wish I could remember his name. He was 
putting the same makeup on that I had every day. And he was turned through, and he was given the lines, and he did it right. And they said, okay, we're going to give him, we're going to switch it over or figure something out. So he ended up getting the part, but I'm in it. And the problem is when I try to watch it, which, which I can watch now because look how bad it looks. I, mean, I, I can't look any worse if they put makeup on me. But anyway, I, I, I can't find myself in the show. I mean, I look at the eyes, I hear, they don't ever mention uh, Mesoclon. They mention the lead guy who's our leader, um, Marshall, uh, but they don't say anybody else's name, and I can't, I can see me maybe in one, but I think I see him sitting when he's shot, and he says something that the Jem'Hadar say, oh, I must die for the cause, whatever, and it looks like that's him. So I'm, I'm absolutely confused as to what happened to me after that. I think I'm, I'm in it. But then who can you tell because of the makeup? Interesting. Uh, if anybody knows. Or if he ever hears this, he could call in and go, I'm the guy. But he got his SAG card. He, he started making money as an actor. It's great. He might even be famous now. In fact, you know, if I think about it, everybody that I ever worked with is famous now. Well, <laughs> I wow. just, you're around me, you become famous. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And Eric, did you have any, any questions you wanted to ask Jeremy while we've got him? Sure, yeah. I, you know, like Jim was saying, you've been in so many things. And I'm just curious, uh, throughout your career, have you had more fun, I guess, doing television or movies? Which one do you, if you could choose, which one do you like to do better? Oh, uh, well, if there was a third, it would be stage because, uh, uh-huh. you know, the throwing up is over before you go on stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get used to it. Once you're out there, you're an hour and a half as that person, and it's you, know, you don't have to sit in your trailer and either be this hideous person you're playing, like some actors do, or completely let it go and eat snacks and, and jump back in when they say, you know, action mm-hmm. 25 to 40 minutes later. And it's even longer with films. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I love all the extras that you get, craft services and the pay and the uh, fans are amazing. I, I, uh, but uh, <laughs> once again, what was the question? No. Oh, well, I guess what I, I, that's okay, because I'm, now I'm going to pivot, because now we're, I'm discovering that you're, uh, you're more of a theater guy. So I, I imagine you've done quite a bit of theater in your career then? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We did uh, – I was in the class with uh, Annette Benning at American Conservatory Theater, uh-huh. and we did all kinds of Shakespeare. I, I, was, I wanted to have been in at least every Shakespeare by the end of my career. And didn't happen, but I, I loved that. It was somehow you could become somebody. But then, you know, I, I, I hate to say that because then you go move to a TV or film. It, the films were, this sounds weird and, and kind of full of myself. I don't mean that, but it, they were big films. Any actor would, would, you know, just be on the thing to say one word. I couldn't to be in a Star Trek or a, a Mask or Sister Act or any of these. It just even what I did. So, yeah, the film would be the best, but TV makes the most money, except I shouldn't have to think about money, you know? Uh Anyway, 
So it's I, a complicated theater, question. Sure. Yeah, because theater is uh, would not pay, but right. it's the best, most fulfilling. But then look at this. I mean, I had never done a podcast or uh, anything on the internet, or it's a whole new world like than it was 30 years ago. I mean, and now I'm there's this. I mean, I thought a pod. What's a pod? Is it, is it like a PDF or a, a POD? <laughs> and then your agent, you can't just send a picture out or go knock on their door and go, "Hell, I give me an audition." No, no, it's got to send. You do your auditions at home on a on a on a little camera. It's like, wow, this is a whole new world. And and the fact that there are people praising me, like here you are saying you do it, you've done this, and is really weird in a sense that I don't think that way myself. I just what are you seeing that I can't see that same thing? I mean, uh, but I do see, okay, I'm a nerd fan. I'll do this as quick as I can. Uh, uh, in September, when Star Trek, the first one came out, uh, the first Star Trek, you guys have uh, initials for it, like TOS, something. I don't know, but the original Star Trek. Oh, the original Star Trek. I get it. Uh, TOS. Yeah, the original series, yep. No, yep. so slow. Um, but... I waited for that, man. I couldn't wait another week or so. I was going to be 12. I mean, all I wanted to be was an astronaut. I mean, I, I couldn't fathom anything else. I lived on the Lord of the Rings, Tolkien, and and Heinlein, and, and those the sci-fi, like every, you know, unaccepted child in junior high. But I watched it. I loved it. Boom. Years later, I still was never going to be an actor. I got into the Marine Corps under under the promise that they would let me be a jet fighter pilot. That's why I joined. And then I got in, and they said in boot camp, no, you're three inches too tall. You won't fit. Pick something else. I wanted to just leave, but they wouldn't let me just leave. So Vietnam War happened. Blah, blah, came out, acting. Next thing you know, within years, I'm on a Star Trek. And no, I don't get to pilot my own spaceship. Wait a minute. I do on the USS Excelsior. So I didn't really get to be a, an astronaut, but uh, I got second best. I got to be on a big screen in space ah. and part of a, a Star Trek that's never going to die. I mean, it's like Christmas movies. They're always going to be Christmas. There's always going to be Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And, uh, you know, you get the privilege of being on Sulu ship, which I think um, as, uh, you know, one of our callers was, was saying there's a lot of love out there. Um, there would have been a lot of support, I think, for a Sulu uh, Excelsior series. And, you know, with, in that respect, since we can talk about Star Trek now, I'm really curious what it was like to reshoot some of those scenes um, for Voyager flashback that, uh, you know, were basically the same scenes from Star Trek Six, but with a couple of changes, a couple of different camera angles and that kind of stuff, were you just trying to replicate what you did before? Or, you know, what was that like? Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I was thinking if, if, it's, if it isn't any different than the first time, then it shouldn't be any different. But then mm-hmm. I'm also the kind of person that would say, oh, you're going to do Judy Garland, then you better exactly look like her and sound like her and, you know, everything exactly like it, not just your version of it, but that's just me. So, of course, I kept looking at it, and you know, it wasn't a lot. I didn't have to go over hours of <laughs> dialogue. But, uh, yeah, I kept watching and making sure that I was at least as close as I could. I couldn't do anything about the, I don't know, tiny flaw in 
in the difference between Six and Voyager in that I die in one of them and I don't in the other. That, <laughs> that was going to be my next uh, question. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. It's, usually, it's usually the one, and I don't really have an answer because at the time, you, again, like I said, I don't want to. You don't want to say anything that would get you removed, or, or you know, you're a young actor. I'm getting to do a, you know, a second one, and uh, this is too much. I can't mess it up. So I don't think going to tell them that. Did you notice? They don't. Writers don't like that. And well, well if you're going to still do it, I'm for it. I'll just do yeah. the work, do it right. And, and then, of course, they didn't realize that it would come up a lot after that. Well, you know, and, it's, right, it's Star Trek fans, right? Nerddom sure, uh, will course. pick that stuff apart like crazy. Oh, you go through all kinds of things. Well, does he have a twin? Uh, right, sure. Was it, was it that, that, that strange uh, the, the disease that infected everybody that was jumping from, you know, person to person and having to yeah. see that girl die all the time? Yeah. All off the cliff. But uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I guess the last thing that I'll mention is that I I tend to see, and this is one of the you know you're talking about how you influence people and don't realize that you influence people. I see your face more often than you would think because uh, one of my favorite games in the world is called Star Trek Attack Wing, and Dimitri Valtain has a card in that game that is a very very good card. Um, if your ship has a scan token beside it when you attack, you may re-roll up two of your attack dice. And I know you may not know what that means, but rest assured, it's got your face on the card, and it's a good card. So, way to go, sir. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's great. Wow. Like, um, you know, in these games, when I was young, and I was like, uh, before junior high also, we played uh, Risk. And then there were other ones that were military-like uh, taking over the world and and you would have all these rolls of the dice like I guess like uh, Dungeons and Dragons esque but you know not really as fantasy. Is it the same way because it seems like this it's so complicated this game you're talking about. Is it? Yeah this one in particular is uh, is a miniatures game so imagine uh, little tiny plastic spaceships from all of your favorite episodes of all of the movies and television series and then each little plastic spaceship has a series of cards that go with it that tell you what the ship is, who the captain is, who the crew are, what sort of tech they have on the ship, and, and you battle against an opponent. So you each build your own little fleet. You have a whole group of cards that go with your fleet, and you go out and try and kill the other person. Wow. It's a good time. I'm a superhero. You are a superhero. You allow me <laughs> to re-roll dice and keep other people from rolling their defense dice. So thank you for double dipping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of that, double dipping. Happy birthday, Lee. Uh, Lee Ehrenberg, because we uh, became friends, et cetera, mm-hmm. through Seinfeld. He was also on Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. He was an irritating guy at the parking situation with uh, Jason Alexander. Sure. We met, he, was, he was with my agency, both of us, for 20 years. Oh, wow. And then that again, he became famous. Hmm. Once again. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Something there. Well, I'm just saying. I don't know. But, yeah. but you know what, Jeremy? <laughs> uh, he is not on our podcast right now, so there you go. Boom. That's like, right. You, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to call him and think. You need to get. Let's both do this. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to give Char- I want to give Charles a shout out. Just a thank you very much uh, for chatting. And Charles, 
All right. Well, we talked about the devil creature. What was your other? What was one of your favorite villains in any in any of the movies or TV shows? Favorite what? Favorite villain. Villain. Oh, villain. Oh, yeah. Oh, let's see. Well, I had a I had a good one in. Um, uh, if anyone remembers Millennium, it was a Lance Hendrickson thing we shot in Canada about, I guess, another cop show, Serial Killers. And I played a serial killer in it who got to do the Silence of the Lamb thing. You know, I'm in an actual cage just like in the middle of a factory so that I can't get out. And he has to go there and discuss a, a, a serial killer now that's happening that they think I have somehow involved. That was the best one, I think, because... It was a good long scene where you get to talk and not just be insanely serial killer-like. But also, <laughs> uh, in that case, I, I had to lose my mind at some point in it and just freak out. And I uh, smacking my feet up against the top of this cage, and I, uh, I broke a toe, my big toe. Oh, no. I, oh, broke it good and didn't want to get it fixed for some reason. And now, as I look down at my feet... <laughs> you know how your feet go. It goes straight out. <laughs> but my right foot does a little, at the arch, does a little curve to the right and then to the left. I still walk and run, and I'm, I could still be chased down an alley by people with guns and CSI, but uh, that has been a problem. But it was the best one, I think. Uh, oh, 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 and because of that, and this has nothing to do with why it was because of that, but when I got this role, I was living in Studio City in a in a place on Farmdale was the name of the address. And I was in a little cottage in the back. It had a wooded area. And then the big house was a lady with a landlord, et cetera. Her name was Winnie. Anyway, she tells me about, I'm going to do this Millennium episode with Lance Henderson. And, uh, she says, oh, he used to live here. Like, really? He said, yeah, he was a rent- rented it 10 years ago or more. I said, well, that's cool. I'll, I'll tell him. Well, I decided to do something else instead of tell him. <laughs> When they brought me on the set to meet him, every, the crew and everything was there. They were shooting something. They said they stopped it and brought me over to him, and he, he introduced me to him and said, this is Jeremy Roberts. And I said, put his hand out. I shook his hand, and then I held it a little longer, and I, I kind of looked off with this look like I'm a psychic. And I start mentioning uh, Farmdale, uh, Winnie, uh, Studio City, you're in a, you're living in a place, and he jacks his hand back like, how do you know that? How do you know that? <laughs> well, every time I shake somebody's hand or touch them, I get something, and I don't even know what it is. It's, it's something. And he says, yeah, I lived in this place. And her name was Winnie, and he starts getting all. He kind of he starts. He says, hey, we've got a psychic. It's a serial killer. This is crazy. And. and I kept thinking, well, that nobody's going to talk to me or even touch me for certain because <laughs> I might know something. That's awesome. But uh, <laughs> I just do it to the director. Do it to the director. And I, I, I went and touched his hand, and I went, uh, I see a spinoff, spinoff of this series with, well, me. And they all laughed. And I say, okay, that's not true. I told him a story, and he, just, he was a good sport. He loved it. 
He loved it. He just couldn't believe it. I, was, I couldn't believe I did it. But I went, oh, what the hell? It's I'm in Canada. They can only send me back. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good guy. And oddly, oddly enough, Millennium is a spinoff of the X Files. Yes. Oh. Yes. How do I know that? How is that? Is it with the same? Because you're because oh, you're psychic. <laughs> that's right. <yeah. laughs> Yeah. Psychics do those things. Yeah. So let me look look at the time here. We got a couple more minutes here. We talked about your favorite villain. What about your favorite hero or non villain? Um, Well, I was. uh, God, there's so many. I God, I loved even just one line in Christmas Vacation, uh, just because it's in a, it's in a Christmas oh. movie, and I and that was because the line was freeze, mm-hmm. and everybody freezes that is his family. That's it. <laughs> but I become acquainted. I don't know how with Chevy, and he, he he liked to play the golf game, and I had one at home, computer golf. So at that break time, he'd say, "Come on, Curtis, go and play golf." I'm like. I'm playing golf with Chevy Chase. This is just too mad, just too much for me. But, you know, he's funny. And I mention it. I start to say, you know, there's this idea I have. Yeah, I don't even know why I'm telling you, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's funny. You know, when I come in and I say freeze to you guys, I'm telling this to the actor who's the lead in the film. What an idiot. Anyway, I said, what have I got to lose? Uh, I said, I was thinking if I said freeze, and instead of you guys freezing, they shoot, they see the, the SWAT team all freeze themselves. And then I go, not you, them. <laughs> and he said, that's funny. That's, how you, that's funny. And, yeah, well, whatever. And then we went on and went outside, and we were going to shoot. And uh, he brings it up to Jeremiah Chechik, who was the director. He says, Jeremy had an idea. <laughs> and I went, well, I'll probably never work again. <laughs> but, uh, he tells him. And uh, he's, they do it, and they go, well, okay, yeah, it's, I don't, no, I, I don't think so. And Chevy goes, I think it's funny. He goes, no. He goes, I think it's funny, and it's in. Oh. And, oh, it got Ooh. Oh, I got looked at from every, I mean, he literally turned and looked at me like, and you think you're going to work again? And I, I never thought I would. But uh-huh. he put it in, and I, I did work again. But that was one and, and, one, but mainly I would say Herbie fully loaded because I got to play somebody not so different, so silly. Mm-hmm. And it was a Disney. It was Herbie. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the best. So, Jeremy, uh, what was it like working with Kate Mulgrew on, on the set of Voyager? Kate. Well, she was very nice. Again, you have to remember it's a guest star, and they're they're the star, and they're they're always busier. And you're a young actor; you're just wanting to keep working, and you never think in, bothering people would, would get you anywhere. But that you know worked for Disney's Christmas Vacation, so why don't I bother her? But it turns out my wife knew her and had been to dinners with her years earlier when my wife was dating somebody. Also, Chelsea Grammer, and they became friends, and so I had something I could talk to her about, and uh, 
Very nice, very nice woman. Yeah, didn't she just get a a statue in her hometown? Because of she her, did. Bloomington, uh, yeah. Indiana. <laughs> so cool. Great. Yeah. Actually, I think uh, I think Shannon, you you were there at the christening of that statue, weren't you? Yes, I was. Yeah, Shannon was there for that. Oh. All right, awesome. That's which, is, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah. there was there was another uh, classic Star Trek actress that appeared in that with you, and that was Grace Lee Whitney. Oh, yeah. what can you what can you what can you say about Grace Lee? I mean, I met her a couple of times at conventions, and she was always, always a charm and a pleasure. Um, yeah, what was it like to work friendly. with her? Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to talk at all with her, uh, uh, with uh, Sulu, but not wasn't much talking. Although, like within a couple of weeks ago, I have a, a ex, not an ex, ex girlfriend, etc. She calls from, I think she's in Vermont. Is that right? She has a chef husband there, and she's always keeping in touch. And she reminded me, she said, I didn't even tell you this, but when you were doing that, we were good friends with Grace Lee Whitney. And I'm like, oh, you know, this would have been helpful then, you know, telling me now. <laughs> I, I didn't speak to her. I don't, you know, it was because also it was like the first day of Star Trek VI when we're shooting, and then all of a sudden it shuts down, and everybody stops, the crew, everybody, because here comes a... Uh, Leonard Nimoy and Shatner in their full garb as captains and you know science officer, and they're there to take their picture on the on the uh, dais, the uh, captain's chair, and uh, for the photo shoots and see that everything is appropriately looks right costume wise, and the place got silent and shut down. And I don't think it's because oh we need quiet. No, because it's just pictures. I think it was because I got chills. Everybody did. Here's. The, the original. These are the start. There they are. You know, they're not going to do any scenes with me, but I got googie and all mushy inside of stupid. I remembered when I was 12 years old and watching that first episode and starting to watch that, that here they are, and I cannot believe it's surreal. Or it's real now, really. Uh, it's not surreal anymore. But, wow, uh, yeah, that, that was is a, awesome. That was a lovely moment, and you yeah. could see crew stopping what they're doing, just looking down, and I could see them. They're do, they're feeling the same way as I am, and they probably already met him. I don't know. It's just, I wonder if they get it. I don't know, or did, one of them. One of them. So, um, yeah. I, I just uh, one more question before before we let you go. And uh, did you go to the premiere of Star Trek Six? And, and what was it like to sit in an audience and See yourself on the screen with, with Sulu, on the bridge of the Excelsior. No, I, I didn't. I think I, I was. I had to go to. Well, I don't know. I, I had to go travel somewhere, like India or something. And I wasn't able to. But uh, my wife later on told me she went to it. We weren't married at the time. She was with Kelsey Grammer, and she's sitting there watching it and. And she had been, we had been kind of liking each other since college. But anyway, that had nothing to do with what's going on there. And she's seeing, and she sees me, and she like almost yells it out, Jeremy, like my daughter. She couldn't believe it. I actually made it. She actually, I'm actually working and on Star Trek. And that's the only premiere feeling I ever had was from her <laughs> telling me, I don't know, 20 years later, 
I, when I saw you, I fell in love again. Yeah. Wow. And we've been married 27 years. Aww. Wow. That's, congratulations. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, She's great. Jeremy, She's are, are you working on anything currently? No. No. Uh, I, I retired. Well, besides this podcast, I mean. Yeah. Well, this doesn't work. This is fun. I, I retired uh, 12 years ago, and I did a lie to me, I think, uh, one of those episodes. And my mother and father, they weren't feeling well, my mom mainly, in their 80s. So I, I put everything in storage, packed up, went back to Alabama where they live, and uh, moved in nearby and was able to see my mom and dad, like, uh, every day for five years before, you know, they passed away. And, oh, and I got kind of... Kind of got a pile on after that. My mother-in-law passed away. We moved back here. We set up a little. And then uh, my dad passed away next. It was like within months because of, I guess, missing my mother. And then uh, I kind of got, okay, I've done this retirement thing. Uh, I think it's time to go back. And then, you know, pandemic, that stopped it. And then I said, well, then I got somebody say, let's, let's start sending it to uh, comic book conventions and then I got a Zoom or two and then I've done a, these, all of a sudden the fan thing because I opened myself up to it which I'd never done I didn't know why it's, I don't know why they never, I don't, I, that's what they always say they said you, you probably should have been famous you got the face blah 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 I know my wife loves me because she's got to say you're, you're handsome <laughs> but I look <laughs> at these pictures sometimes and I go man I, I, I did kind of look good what the heck was wrong with my agent or you know why didn't I and I realized I don't, I didn't uh, push it because I was getting work. They kept hiring me, and so I didn't have time to think about making me an ingenue, famous, beautiful, whatever they, you know, Hemsworth. But I, I'm, I'm thrilled that I got the career I had. So and then I'm back now. Now I just have to figure out how to get back into the whole world of a new agent, a new manager. And how do you get one of them? Is it, it's so different now than than the world it was. So, well, hopefully, I won't have can, a problem. How can fans reach out to you if they if they want to contact you? How where can they find you? Well, I'm on Cameo. If they want to do one of those things, I've never. I, my wife started it, so I don't know what. I, I guess you can. You want to hear me say happy birthday, or have a personal conversation? I don't really know. There's those kind of things. I'm in a, I'm doing, I'm judging a, a food and wine contest in, in uh, uh, the Valley in Los Angeles with Duff Goldman, the uh, bakery chef, or chef, shouldn't say that. And I love to eat, so that'll work. You know? And I can tell you your food's bad easy. <laughs> I won't. There's that happening, and then there's uh, uh, I think another Zoom with a, lot, with a few other Star Trek guest stars in, from Wizard World we did and we have another one but uh, oh, oh and I guess I'm Jeremy Roberts the official what is it called now Jeremy Roberts official I guess that's all it's called on Twitter Twitter she just started today see my wife has become my manager because she just finally figured out how to do it it took hours don't tell her it was horrible. Just, this whole electronic thing, you know, I'm actually looking at the screen on my computer now like you can actually see me. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm actually doing. 
So anyway, you got me into that. I'll be starting to do that, although I don't want to start telling everybody my my opinion because I have too many people hating me probably. But that way, I, I always post on there's a Facebook, the Jeremy Roberts official page. I, I'm throwing in pictures now. It's it's something I, I told I was never going to do, but now I'm all hooked on it. Gosh. Well, Jeremy, um, we'll uh, we'll try to we'll get a link to your Facebook, your official Facebook page, on our Facebook page, so our listeners can reach out to you and find you, and uh, tell you how awesome then, you are, and then start a Go Fund to for discovery because I feel a need to bring me back. That's that's right. That's right. We can get you on Discovery or, or maybe Strange New Worlds, even. Oh, or maybe yeah. There's a, there's, a, there's a sitcom with Sulu and Valtaine and a couple others in their octogenarian years. I think it's a comedy. It's a black comedy. That would be awesome. I'm sorry. I'll that would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, I can't <laughs> even imagine, like, an old, old Sulu sitting around chatting with you. That would be amazing. <laughs> Or a younger version where I play my father. I could play, yeah. Michael Dorn, he's done then, something similar. Then the Russian would come into it. I'd have to learn how to speak, you know, like uh, Andy. Speaking of which. <laughs> That's right. Well, well, everybody, uh, I want to say thank you so much to Jeremy Roberts. Oh, God, AJ, how did you get in here? Um, I want to say thank you so much to Jeremy Roberts for hanging out and talking with us tonight, Jeremy. It was a blast. And a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was a. Uh, it was fun. <laughs> you guys are. You have far too much space in your head, all of you. I, I I hope it was painless and easy for you. Oh, and beautiful. <laughs> it was a good time. Yeah. Good time. We'll, we'll definitely have to have you uh, have you back on again if you'd like to come back on again. When uh, oh sure. We give away some more DVDs for the next show. Maybe we'll have you back on. So uh, we'll get a link on our Facebook page for you so that fans can track you down. And thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight, Jeremy. It was great. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you all Good night. Good night, Jeremy. Thanks. All right, guys. So that was Jeremy Roberts, Mr. Uh, Dimitri Valtain from Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, and Star Trek Voyager Flashback. Uh, Millennium, Sliders, Freddy's Nightmares, The X-Files, on and on and we on. We didn't even get so into Buffy you. the Vampire Slayer. He was on that, too. Oh, my God. So many times. No, yeah, he's and y'all gave me crap so about CSI. Come on. I know. CSI. Yeah, yeah, but... Oh, my God. So much. I know. saying what? Come on. But wait, guys. There's more. We're not done. I still have. I still have some DVDs to give out. And my number here is 646-668-2433. And even though Jeremy Roberts has left us, guess what? We have another awesome guest with us right now. Uh, you heard him a little bit earlier. And, of course, we're checking in with Chekhov. Mr. Andy Bray is here, and he brought Pavel Chekhov along with him. And we're going to be chatting with him. And, in fact, um, I think, Pavel, are you still with us? I think so. Yes, I'm here. Absolutely, I'm here. Yay! Excellent. <laughs> yes. So uh, what what have you been up to since we last talked? Are you still down in the boiler room shoveling coal, or or what's going on there? Well, actually, now it's the 2290s. 
And speaking of Mr. Dmitry, I have a beef with Sulu's Russian. Not just that he doesn't speak the Russian, but that brings back bad memories. I remember you, if you remember that adventure where where, uh, Kirk ended up on that ice planet, the Klingon prison, and uh, we we were getting in trouble with the Klingons. You know what I'm talking about. It's an undiscovered country is how you refer to it. For me, it was just two things. But we were looking around the the ship for for uniforms and for uh, boots, magnetic boots. And they let me make an ass of myself. Can I say that? I hope I, hope I can say that because I just said that. Because if you remember correctly, crewman Dax came in and I did this whole big thing about, oh, Russian story of Cinderella, if shoe fits, wear it. And nobody bothers to tell me while I'm doing this whole spiel that the man's got big globby feet like frog legs. <laughs> Someone could have taken me aside before I started the speech. I said, hey, Pavel, don't do the Cinderella thing. The guy doesn't wear shoes. But no, I get through the whole thing, and then Spock says, like I'm some sort of idiot. Just because I didn't look down the guy's feet. Come on. How many aliens do we come across who don't wear Nikes like the rest of us? Because between you and me, it seems like every planet we go to, everybody's got five digits on each foot. How was I supposed to know that this guy was Mr. Frogleg? So that pretty much ruined the entire adventure for me. And then seeing Sulu get promoted to captain, why? What did he do? He just steered the ship. I'm the one who shot the torpedoes and saved the day. So yeah, let's, and, and, let's, let's give the, the guy who drives his own ship. Come on. And, get, and, and he never got a worm in his ear either. Let's not forget that. I know. I had to suffer. And I was a first officer on the Reliance. I get an ear in my worm. I have one bad ear infection, and suddenly I'm right back to being the weapons officer on the Enterprise. Uh, that's my life all of a sudden. Oh, it's a you. raw deal. It's a raw deal. <laughs> it's probably is... the Russian guy. The Russian guy. <laughs> well, um, I hear I hear that uh, Andy went on a vacation to Kronos recently, and uh, his wife wanted to go to Riza. Uh, he wanted to go to Ryza. No. His wife wanted to go he to, to Kronos. He wanted to go to the Klingon homeworld. That's right. Yeah. And, of course, they compromised and went to Kronos, uh, of course. And uh, I have that clip here for you guys to play. I'm going to play that right now for you guys. You can find this on YouTube. And uh, this is this is a Klingon vacation by Andy Pavel Chekhov Bray. If I can get it. There we go. I want to try that, but I don't want to pay for it. Can you just cut me off a piece of yours so I can take a nibble? Thank you. (laughs) Gerald, try to keep up, okay? Sorry, dear. It's just I'm still a little bit sore from the continental breakfast. It was the darndest thing. Every time I took a bite of my croissants, the kitchen staff shouted, Kabla! And then jabbed me with pain sticks. Is that normal? The Klingons are a different and lovely culture, Gerald. Try to keep an open mind. Yes, dear, of course. Just couldn't help but notice they weren't hitting you with paint sticks. With that, Gerald, that's because I didn't order the continental breakfast. I ordered Brigitte Lang Benedict. Honestly, didn't you even bother to read the brochure? I must have missed that part. 
Yeah. If it's not a thing to you, honey, maybe we could just skip brunch. You're not still sore, are you, Gerald? Yeah, and bleeding internally, too, I think. I meant about us not vacationing on Riser. Why? Why would I want to go to Ryza? It's just, I'm starting to think the brochures might have oversold the source of Felix Clay. Or is it just the Klingon homeworld now? Or Kronos? And is that Kronos with a Q or Kronos with a K? Oddly enough, the brochure didn't say. Because if it's Kronos with a K, then I'm pretty sure that's the ancient Greek word for time. Speaking of which, have you ever noticed how many alien worlds and races are named after old Earth words? Kronos. Vulcan. Romulus, Remus, the Borg, the Q. Now, just how in the heck did that happen? Shut up! Now, help me look for the Gok Festival, Gerald. I'd rather we skip the Gok. I mean, I never understood it. Why would anyone voluntarily ingest worms? Gerald, are you going to be a negative Nausicaan the whole day? Can't we spend one summer away from Ryza's subterranean lubricated gardens? That's luminescing gardens, dear, and I think you know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what happens on Ryza, Gerald. Does every vacation have to be a sex romp with you? Can't we just enjoy the lovely culture here on Kornos without pining for Ryza's Nuvian masseuse staff? Seriously, Gerald? <gasps> oh, my God! It's Chuxacla, the Klingon Festival of Gratuitous Violence! I need a photo of that. <laughs> now don't forget there they said to avoid the festivals. <sighs> I don't want to be a wet blanket, but maybe we could just spend the day at the resort. I think I'm finally getting used to the smell of burnt leather and blood. And miss all this lovely culture, Joe? You're not even giving it a chance. No, you'd rather be on Ryza enjoying one of the Jamaharan balloon rides. They have those? <laughs> I mean, you're being ridiculous, dear. Our vacations are in no way related to my gratification. Mm-hmm. And what about your unfettered sexual excursion to Orion alone last summer? That wasn't a trip! I was abducted by the Orion Syndicate! What did you think those ransom letters were for? Gerald, you are not even giving Kronos a chance. <gasps> oh my goodness, it's the Mad Cop Black Car. The Klingon Festival of the Disemboweled School Teacher. How cute. Festival of the Disemboweled School Teacher? Holy crap. I'm not sure I approve of giving weapons to school children. The beach. <laughs> I think one of those buggers nicked me. Violent little rascals. Mmm, such lovely culture. Just relax, enjoy it, drink it in. <laughs> I'm trying to, darling. I really am. It's just, I'm losing an awful lot of blood here. Mm-hmm. I suppose you'd rather be back on the Tellerite nude beaches. Now, that was a misunderstanding, dear. I told you. There was literally no way to tell that that was a nude beach. Mm-hmm. Oh, look over there, Jared. It's the Bak Bak Bakadachaka. The Klingon Festival of Boiled Corpses. They're celebrating with one of those musical flash mobs. <laughs> no, dear. I think that was just a regular mob. Ha <laughs> ha
steam bath orgies. I guess we'll never know. You know, this is just like you, Gerald. For once, I get to pick the vacation, and all you can do is moan about all the puddles of blood on the hotel furniture and getting stabbed. <laughs> Did I complain when we went to Vulcan for Rue Mary, and you convinced that woman to do hand stuff with you? That was a mind melt. She had her hands on my face. Mm-hmm. Or what about the trip to Ferenginar with all those naked women? I didn't invent the culture, dear. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget that woman on New Providence Colony who couldn't stop touching you. That was the flippin' ball queen. She was trying to assimilate me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If it's all so innocent, Gerald, then why can't you just enjoy the lovely culture on Kronos? Okay, fine. <laughs> you want me to show you I can enjoy the culture? There. I'll take a funny picture with that Kronos Square Martok impersonator. I'll show you I can enjoy the Klingon culture. <laughs> Okay, turns out that wasn't a general Martok impersonator. Just some lady with an eye patch who I accidentally initiated a mating ritual with. Ha ha. You just can't control yourself, can you, Gerald? Which her husband wasn't so thrilled about. He stabbed me. Mm-hmm. In the heart. Down I go. Well, congratulations, Gerald. You've ruined another vacation. Excuse me. Excuse me. Does anybody know where the nearest Federation embassy is? Also, follow-up. Who has experience carrying corpses? Oh, okay. Everybody, Nito. Say, <laughs> you've got such wonderful muscles. I'm staying at the First City Ritz. Is it true what they say that you've got two? Oh, finally, an erotic vacation for me. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> my fate, oh, I, I don't recommend visiting Kronos. Not a fun time. Oh, my God. My favorite line was, my vacations are in no way related to my gratification. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, Andy, where do you come up? Where do you get the ideas for these things? (laughs) Well, the first first idea I came up with was, was... I haven't actually filmed it yet. I I, I got the idea to start doing these Trek sketches on... um, First contact day, I thought, I ought to post something funny for first contact day. And then while I was taking a shower, uh, an entire first contact sketch uh, unfurled in my head. And I thought, that's perfect, but it's already first contact day. I can't do that now. And I I shelved it. I I wrote it, and I've shelved that for next year. But then I I started coming up with other ideas. I thought, you know, do something with Chekhov, uh, do something uh, – with a Q, and I've got like a list of uh, probably about a dozen ideas, and this one actually went through some changes. Uh, originally, I thought it would be fun to see like the the couple from uh, – I don't know if, how familiar everyone here is with uh, Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. Mm-hmm. But there's, yeah. a, uh, there's like a, a Northwestern couple that yeah. goes to, to yeah. a restaurant where they serve <laughs> philosophical discussions. Uh, oh, dear, let's talk about philosophy. And uh, was Nietzsche a philosopher? 
And I thought that was initially the idea was those two on Kronos and just looking at the sites and looking at the sites. And then I didn't think I could do those voices. So I came up with different voices and I, I put on a costume, which kind of informed the Chicago voice of Gerald. And yeah. I, I borrowed a wig from my wife that informed this very Karen-esque voice of Karen, who was originally named Polly. And I renamed her Karen because she was such a Karen. <laughs> and and I, I, as I wrote it, it just came out that, okay, they're a bickering couple, and one is just trying to enjoy the culture, and the other one wishes they had gone to Riza. And originally, he was a little more on the nose about wanting to go to Riza for the obvious reason. Mm-hmm. And then I thought it would be funnier if he went for innocent reasons. She just call it, always kind of pinned the 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 bad reasons on him. And you know he's abducted by the board queen and or, or assimilated by the board queen. And she sees it as oh that lady who's always touching you couldn't take you. your hands off of you. <laughs> oh my god, her pronunciation of clownos <laughs> and the fact that every time she says she's like coacher. I love it. I I didn't have a firm grasp on that script until I started writing it, and then it just kind of unfurled the way it did. The the Chekhov one was a lot more obvious when I was writing that one. And In fact, today I was just shooting um, uh, um, called Starfleet Repair, and it's going to be about a Starfleet Repair crew working on the Enterprise-E post-Nemesis. And in fact... Uh, Gerald isn't so dead as he appeared to be at the end of Klingon Vacation. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh-huh. I would love to see a return of Gerald, and I loved his Chicago accent. And I must say, <laughs> sir, you. your wife must love you so much because <laughs> <laughs> that was her makeup that I was wearing, in case anyone was curious. <laughs> I, I did the the wounded. I did the bloody makeup for Gerald, and she did the the, the makeup for for Karen. Oh, cool! Very cool. And that well, was her blouse, yeah. and that was her her wig as well for for Karen. It was extremely funny, and it's one of those things where there were enough really funny lines that I just want to watch it over and over again because some of them are slipped in <laughs> a little you. under the radar. Yeah, so that that's good stuff right there. I tried to find it's some hilarious. really subtle stuff too, some like cling, uh, yeah. Star Trek references that that most oh. people won't get. Oh no! I mean, to me, that's the fun of ones. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the fun of Trek sketches. Is just kind of I, I thought, wouldn't it be fun to do? I, I have a, a colleague I took Groundlings classes with out here, and he does waiter sketches, like little five minute, you know, life of a waiter, life of a cook, you know, uh, slice of life sketches about working at a restaurant, and I thought. You know, what could I do that's like that? And I, I'm so obsessed with Star Trek. Like, that would be my thing. I, I, I don't really have anything else that I could write about with, with as much expertise as Star Trek. And that's a market that no one's really doing. And they've only just started to kind of scratch the surface of with, with Lower Decks. But mm-hmm. I've never seen Star Trek sketch comedy other than, you know, the half dozen SNL sketches devoted to Star right. Trek. But right. wouldn't it be fun to just do nothing but Trek sketches? And that's what I, I that's where it was born from. And and in fact one of the, the deep cuts in this one, Rue Mary reference, I didn't have in the script originally. I, I kinda penciled it in because I was watching Voyager and Neelix started talking to Tuvok about Rue Mary. And I thought, mm-hmm. Wow, that is so obscure. I have to put that in the script. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was great because uh, I don't I don't know that I got all of them, but I got that one, and I got a lot of the other. There were a couple of other just like little ones kind of sort of thrown in there, and the I think you're right. I think you're you're venturing upon fertile fields here. I mean, lower decks is the only thing that has scratched the surface in terms of the uh, the actual like lexicon of you know officially produced Star Trek stuff, but. Man, it's been around for so long that wouldn't you think there would be a market for folks who just are so familiar with it that want to go and listen to comedy about Star Trek? I love it. Exactly, and it's so much fun to write. So that's that's what motivated me to do this. And, and like I said, I've just been filming a, a new one today, and I, I'm actually, if all goes well, I plan to release two of them um, on August 12th, I think it is, to coincide with the release of Star Trek Lower Decks. So I've got a uh, Starfleet Repair Team-focused one, and I've got a Kelvin Universe one. That is, if it all goes well, I'll have it, both of them shot and edited in time to release with that. And uh, I will say one more thing about this one is I don't know if, Jim, if you've got the Star Trek Five stuff I talked in there, but I was thinking of you as I, as I put it in there. The, the musical cue, every time Gerald gets stabbed, is from Star Trek Five. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, shoot, and there was one other. And I made a mental note to mention it. Now I can't remember. Oh. Um, if I think of it, I'll bring it up. But I, I put two Star Trek Five references in there just for you. Awesome. I I, I you know I, I love Star Trek Five. I know people don't, but you know what? That's what makes Star Trek so unique. You know, you, you don't have to love it all, and. You, you, you know, I can you can like things that other people don't, and and I happen to like Star Trek Five. I love Star Trek Five. So, hey, uh, we have a caller on the line here, and I'm going to try to see if we can get it to. Hey, good evening. Thank you for calling Trek Talk. And what's your name? And where are you calling us from tonight? If you're talking to me, you disconnected me. I came back. Hey, we got a oh, wait, yeah, wait, hey. yeah, wait, yeah, you're back. You. You're not a new person. <laughs> That's okay. I'm so sorry. So sorry. I can hang I, up and go away. No. 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 That's okay. I, I saw I saw a phone number flash on there. I got excited. I thought someone was calling to win a copy of Star Trek Discovery Season Three on DVD. Oh, and I thought, wow, we can give another one away. So, uh, but no, it was only Shannon. Shannon, <laughs> uh, I'll get to. Oh man, okay. But, but, but we love Shannon. <laughs> we we love Shannon. Thanks. We love Shannon. So, uh, Andy, uh, when what wh- what one should we do on the next show? What one? Do you, what one's your favorite? Of the ones I'm filming now. Yeah. Before I answer that question, I, I, I thought of the second Star Trek V reference. It's the very last line, one of the very last lines. Um, Karen says, the, say, you've got such wonderful muscles. Yes. Uh, off line from Star Trek V, such wonderful yep. muscles. Wonderful. Yes. All right, now to answer your, your question as for which one to do next, <laughs> I guess that depends our... on which one turns out best. Uh, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I've, I've got two I'm shooting right now, Kelvin Universe 1, which was my favorite when I was writing it, uh, and then in rewrites, I, I've got, I think I've fallen in love with the, the Starfleet Repair Team one. I, I kind of really like that one. But I will wait to see which one turns out better in the editing process, and, and, and then I can recommend. But uh, one of those, definitely one of those. Yeah, we, we will definitely be checking in with Chekhov again 
uh, we have Andy, we have Andy on once a month and we, we premiere one of the videos and, uh, you just heard Klingon vacation and, uh, we'll be doing either the Kelvin one or the Starfleet repair team one, whichever one Andy likes better. And we'll put links of, to both of those <laughs> on our Facebook page and you guys can tune in next, next oh, AJ, you can tune in. Uh, how does he get class? How does he? Two minutes before the end of the show, my dad gets in. How does he get in here? How do you get in here? I don't. I, 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 I can love... hear him over the beginning of, of the uh, the sketch. I was like, I don't remember putting cat noises into Klingon. Yeah, I, I lock him out. I, I lock him soundtrack. out. And he gets. I don't know how he he beams it's, himself in. I, he's a Sulabot. He's like he a turtle there everywhere. The door. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He gets in. He always. Oh, the show's almost over. I got to jump on Dad's head and, and yeah. run away with the mic. Oh my God. <laughs> but anyways, if you guys want to see a picture of AJ, there's a great picture of AJ on our Facebook page of him laying on top of my batlet uh, when I when I when I go to when I used to go to conventions and wave my batlet around and people would come up and say, mm-hmm. "Can I touch your batlet?" And I love it when people touch my batlet. And uh, there's a picture oh, of AJ. Okay. <laughs> there's a picture of AJ laying on my batlet with that look. So if you guys want to are curious about AJ, you can see a picture of him on our Facebook page. Well, what a uh, show we had tonight, <laughs> huh, guys? Wow, that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. I I got to start off by saying thank you to Jeremy Roberts for sharing some stories and hanging out with us tonight. That was a lot of fun. And uh, maybe we'll have Jeremy Roberts back on again in the future. So thank you to Jeremy. And, of course, thank you to Shannon for calling and winning a copy of Star Trek Discovery (laughs) Season 3 on DVD and hanging out and Trek talking with us tonight. Thank you so much, Shannon. You're welcome. Anytime. And, of course, Nate. We we, we can't do a show without Nate. So thank you for calling tonight, Nate, and (laughs) chatting with Jeremy and winning. Winning a copy of Star Trek Discovery Season 3 on DVD. Thank you so much, Nate. Thank you. And, of course, our very own Pavel Chekhov himself, Mr. Andy Bray. Thank you for hanging out and checking in with Chekhov with us tonight. Andy, thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me once again. Always a pleasure. And uh, we'll be back next month with another episode of Checking In With Checkoff. So you guys keep that on your calendar. And, of course, I couldn't do the show without my Trek spurt. So thank you so much for hanging out and Trek talking with us tonight, Eric. It was a pleasure. Always a blast, guys. Thanks a bunch. And, of course, last but definitely not least is our very own Charles. Thank you so much for hanging out and Trek talking with me tonight, Charles, and hanging out with Jeremy Roberts. Thank you so much, Charles. Oh, thank you. It was fun having both guests on. It was it was great. And uh, congratulations to everybody who called tonight and won a copy of Star Trek Discovery Season 3 on DVD. Thank you to each and every one of you guys listening, no matter where you are or when you are, because I know a lot of you guys don't listen to us live. You listen to us on download. So thank you very much. Uh-huh. We really appreciate that. And I also want to let you go that next week, we're going to be talking about the, the uh, Star Trek Discovery book by Una McCormick called Wonderland. And that book fills in the year-long gap of what happened to Michael Burnham between that Hope Is You Part 1 and when the, the USS Discovery actually shows up in Episode 3. And uh, ah, she was hanging out with Book for a year. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, we get to find out a little bit about Grudge, and it, it's it's a fun book. So we're going to talk about that next week. So if you're into Star Trek Discovery novels, you want to check out next week's show. We'll also have some Star Trek news. Shatner says what, and all kinds of fun. So you don't <laughs> want to miss that. And please hang head on over to our Facebook page, Trek Talking and Beyond. Give us a like, give us a follow, so you never miss a show. And you can also find us at Blog Talk Radio backslash Trek Talking. To give us a follow there, you'll get an email. Every time we do a show, you'll get an email response so that you never miss one of our shows. I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, saying thank you so much for joining us tonight. And be good to each other. Stay safe. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, everybody. Hi, y'all. Live long and prosper. Good night. All right, then. Everybody ready? Yes, Captain. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.